All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got recurring guests. We've got Aditi Kinkabwala from NFL Network and backup host of Good Morning Football. <laughs> Aditi, how's everything going for you? That might be pushing the title a little bit, just in the interest of accuracy. I am filling in. In fact, this is the very first time that I've filled in in studio in New York City, my hometown. This is where I was born, was New York City. Of course, I don't have the usual beautiful backdrop. You know, here we are in a hotel room, but oh well. Was it, was it like a last minute thing or did you kind of know for some time you were filling in? No, actually it was last minute. Um, I got a call, uh, I think at the end of last week or this weekend. Oh, cool. Yeah. How early do you have to get up? I'm always curious how early they get up for that. I woke up at, so we go live at 7 a.m., but you have okay. to be in the studio by 6.15 and you have a 5.30 a.m. production call. So I woke up at 4.15. I worked out in this very hotel room because the gym is closed and because I like to wake out, work out first thing in the morning, you know, get the blood flowing, endorphins, all of that. Worked out, showered, got on the production call while putting on makeup, getting dressed, doing hair, all of that. Walked over to the studio. It's a few blocks that way. And uh, then we went at it. Drank a lot of coffee during the show. Wow. <laughs> More Oops. coffee than I usually drink. Which which of the people on set today, or for like the on air people, were the last ones there this morning? Anybody running late, or anybody there pretty much on time? Oh, I don't know because they keep us yeah. all separate, so I don't oh, really know who was lit last. Oh, I oh. pretty much saw Kyle and Nate at the same time, and oh, Tom. Cool. I might have seen sooner, yeah. but that's just because we were far apart. Social that's distancing, awesome. you know. There's this yeah. pandemic going yeah. on. Zach. Yeah, and I know you told me last week you were covering some pro days. What was that like? Awesome. Okay, so for people, for your listeners that don't know, pro days are the workouts on campuses where NFL hopefuls run through all sorts of the tests that they generally have at the combine, like bench and vertical and 40, obviously. And then they also do position drills. And the position drills are cool because the coaches or scouts that are there often are the ones that are running them and looking for very particular things. Some coaches get really into it. Bill Belichick, Mike Rabel, I've seen them, you know, hold the pads and do that whole spiel. And the reason that this is so big is that a year ago, in fact, I remember it was March 8th, I was at Auburn, and that was basically the last pro day that I was at and maybe the last of the pro days. It was pretty much that week that they were shut down and everything had been virtual. Now, of course, this year the combine was canceled, so these pro days have taken on even more importance. And for me, it was the first time that I got to stand on a football field and actually have an in-person conversation with any coach or scout or GM or assistant GM or anybody because all season long we've been separated. Yeah. So it was really, really, really tremendous. And I was at Georgia and Auburn last okay. week. I'll be at Ohio State on Monday. Any names we should keep our eyes on for April's draft? So I really, really liked edge rusher uh, Aziz Ojalari from Georgia. Okay. He... Oh, that's his last name. I was, I was talking to Blair Walsh, and he goes, they have this great edge rusher named Aziz. And I literally typed in Aziz, Georgia, and I got the guy from Parks and Rec. I'm like, that's not him. That's it. <laughs> Ojolari. Ojolari. A-R-I. And just so everybody knows, you didn't prep me on this. I didn't know we were going there, but I did spell it. You know what? Just great kid. He was. He's only 20 years old. He was elected a team captain when he was a freshman. When I asked Kirby Smart about that, he said that it was just the way that he works that that you know he wasn't lobbying for the position it was just his teammates really responding to him um you know he's really long great wingspan big hands really fluid hips 
uh, good speed for a guy his size. He made a very dynamic athletic one-handed catch right in front of me. Uh, I just, you know, felt like a really, really smart kid who is not super tall, but all the measurables otherwise were good. And I see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. You know, he said that he could play anywhere. He could play 4-3 end or 3-4 linebacker, but I see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. What's it like being, a, being at, a, like a, at a socially distanced pro day? Is it kind of all in a certain amount of hours? Is everybody there early? Is it, what's it like? No, it's just, you know, you're in your masks and you're doing your best to not huddle too closely and you yeah. have to have a net proof of a negative COVID test and obviously your temperature is checked and all of those yeah. things, but oh, cool. uh, you're in a mask the whole time. Is there any guys in you're general, excited? We are constantly in masks anyway, oh, at yeah. least in this neck of the woods. Yeah. Are there any guys you're looking forward to checking out when you uh, visit Ohio State? Well, Justin Fields, right? Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's the easy answer. I mean, like, I mean, every, every... that is the easy answer, and I'm really sorry. But you know what? You're kind of really putting me on the spot here yeah. because I have to be honest, sort of one step at a time here. <laughs> so I went from Georgia and then to Auburn, and then I got ready for my Monday news hits, and then I prepared for my Thursday good morning football, and now I'm thinking about my Friday good morning football. And when I am done with that, I will turn to Ohio State. Yeah, and that is young Zach, so I try not to keep uh, 582 yeah. different things at the top of my yeah. brain. Makes sense. <laughs> and, and then so, I, so you, you're asking me about some obscure, I don't yeah. know, fifth round safety yeah. that may or may not be drafted or some mid-round cornerback. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have a full scouting report just yet. Can you call me back on Monday? I will. I will. Because Washington takes anybody who's got a Buckeyes on their college right. roster. Yeah, I kind of want to know in advance who they're taking this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it is. Um, because they, they just got uh, Curtis Samuel. But it's a new regime. Corner. Let's not forget that. Martin Mayhew, yeah. Ron Rivera. A great new, job. New organization, new people in charge. What do you think of the moves they've made so far this offseason with Fitzpatrick, William Jackson, and Curtis Samuel? So I'm totally biased, but I love Fitzmagic. I totally believe in Fitzmagic. What is better than a guy getting better the older he gets? I mean, is this the richest contract he's ever had in his life? Or maybe his second richest I'm not contract? Sure. You know what? He's so much fun. And he's a guy that works so hard. And a year ago, you saw him get emotional, sort of thinking, is this the end? Am I facing the end? He's just, he's a guy that you want in the room. You know, you want him as a leader, whether he is your starter or not, because you know that he's a good guy and you know he's going to be helping everybody that he possibly can. And, and it's fantastic. And he yeah. might be borrowing somebody's clothes at some point. I mean, him wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Yeah. Is that one of your favorite moments from like yeah. the last five years of the NFL? That play he had last year against the Raiders, I thought was the play of the year. <laughs> they literally said, they literally, he literally said, I didn't know if he made the catch. And I'm like, perfect. Right. <laughs> It was perfect. They were holding the back of his face. It was incredible. It was. It was. It was like a. It was like a Saturday game. It was. It was electric. Um, and then I know you covered William Jackson. Um, have you Have you met his pet pig? I have not met his pet pig. Annabelle. Annabelle. He's not bringing Annabelle to DC. Is very disappointed to hear that in the press conference. Really? But you gotta, what is the gotta, reason that he is not bringing Annabelle? Despite us, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's it's, not enough room. I mean, is there yeah. enough farmland? Is there a good in, place for in, Annabelle to live? In D.C., I think they could find a two-bedroom pretty easy. You got a nice contract. Um, he but, may not, you know, he may not have a landlord or a condo company that's really into that, though. You have to remember, there are no pet rules. There are no dog rules. There must be no pig rules. 
Ashburn and probably anything Ashburn you can find it somebody can find a sitter for for game and I because I, I wanted to because when somebody asked him on the <laughs> press conference I have some friends there I'll call I'll see if right. anybody in the Washington organization can help a man out I had so many questions about the pick during the press conference somebody asked him two ahead of me and I was like damn I got decided to think of something on the fly I was like I asked him about like uh, who are you looking for to play in the NFC East but I had like six big questions I was like all right one is he coming is she coming to games because it would be electric two can they but recreate here's the thing just because somebody asks one pig question doesn't mean you can't ask a pig follow-up question I mean sometimes the pig takes six questions he said no so that kind of shut down all my questions because all my questions were kind of like relying but on the pig why not? Be, and there's yeah. a you think she could be joining you later or yeah. who's she going to stay yeah. with then and what else i mean there's a lot you could have done with that i want the, i want you know, the pig. A, a friendly piece of you know yeah. Existence, yeah. if that's okay no yeah of course no because i was like if we could recreate the hogs with annabelle oh put them on the jumbotron oh. new mascot would be absolutely electric because yeah, that would have been a tremendous idea you're the next yeah. time you, talk to him, you are going to have to propose yeah no yeah it, it was it was awesome and then i know since you cover the Steelers heavily, were you surprised Juju came back? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you want more than that. So, uh, Juju Smith Schuster was looking for perhaps wide receiver one money out on the market, and there was not wide receiver one money to be had. And then, if there are wide receiver two offers out there, I think it makes a lot of sense yeah. since it's a one-year kind of bridge deal. Show me again what you yeah. can do. There's more money waiting a year from now when hopefully the cap expands yeah. and the deals seem closer yeah. or you know the money from those deals yeah. that have been negotiated seem closer. Who else than to go back to the guy that you already have chemistry with, that you already have rapport with, that you can already sort of be a security blanket yeah. for in a place that you're very, very comfortable. There was a lot of talk like, why wouldn't you go to Kansas City and play with Patrick Mahomes? Well, because there are a lot of other options there. And are you really, and then you have to build all of that with Patrick Mahomes and there's a whole new offense to learn. And if you're really only there for five months anyway, why not go to where you're comfortable? And he's got, you know, a great following or a great feeling yeah. for the city of Pittsburgh. I was surprised on the other end, however, that the Steelers brought him back because they have tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. Did I say tons? Because I really mean tons of needs. They need a new running back. They need to completely rebuild their offensive line. They lost their great edge rusher who plays opposite TJ Watt in Bud Dupree. They lost their unbelievably physical slot corner, Mike Hilton, who was their best blitzer. They lost Tyson Alualu, who is their, who was their tough, tough, tough run stuffing nose tackle. There are a lot of pieces that need to be replaced and filled on the Steelers team. And they have three really, really good young receivers in Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington, who all have home run potential, who all are kind of wide receiver one A's, just like Juju. And from everything I was told, the organization was ready to throw out the competition in training camp. Okay, one of you win this job. One of you become wide receiver one. So it was nice to bring Juju back. There's familiarity with Juju. Juju is a very good teammate. He loves the game of football. He's a very nice kid. But it wasn't necessarily, when you talk about a team that's unbelievably cash-strapped yeah. and a team that is very, very good at maneuvering and juggling cap numbers... 
They gave them $8 million and they could have potentially used that $8 million in a different position. Of course, knowing they'd have to juggle the cap number because Juju's cap number is very small, but still, $8 million is $8 million. It could have been used perhaps in another way. Did you, did you see any situation or any scenario where he landed in Baltimore? I mean, I know that that was talked about a fair yeah. amount. I actually talked to a member of the organization um, a couple of days before he went to the Steelers. And I was like, no, we're not, he's yeah. not, you know, coming to Baltimore. But maybe at the time the price was very high and Baltimore wasn't paying that. You know, I don't know. I, I couldn't say. But again, if there isn't security out there, if there yeah. isn't a big deal, if you're looking to a one-year deal, I think sometimes going where everybody knows you and where you yeah. know everybody and you know the lay of the land and you're not having to prove yourself and get acclimated to something new, it's just smarter to stick with what you know. I wonder if they played the Cheers theme song when he walked back into the facility because everybody knows his name. Um, and then you surprised they brought Big Ben back. I know there was maybe some rumors he'd hang it up it, no that was like very awkward and weird frankly you know he had said from the very beginning that he was going to come back that he wanted to come back that he wasn't interested in uh retiring and so it was more of the Steelers being a little bit um publicly non-committal in what they were saying that was a bit odd but you know, he gave some money back to the organization. He actually worked with, he obviously worked with them to bring down what was a prohibitive cap number. And then he returned some cash. He said, okay, I'll give you $5 million back on the money that, you know, my contract says I am owed in salary. If that helps you bring someone else. So I guess that $5 million helped bring Juju back. Is there any, do you see any scenario where they take a quarterback in the first round? No. Interesting. Okay. And then flipping over to Cleveland, I know there were some rumors yesterday, or it wasn't a rumor, Jadavian Clowney worked out for the team and went home. Do you see that as a potential fit, or do you think that now you don't see it? I would not advise that. We're not sure what his knee is like. I've been told that it's not necessarily going to pass muster. This is a guy that, over the course of the last few years, has really faced a lot of questions about how much he loves the game of football. Yeah. Uh, the Browns are already taking a flyer, if you will, on Tack yeah. McKinley who is another edge rusher who is a bit disappointing. So I think they're better off if they want to bring in another edge rusher. This is a deep draft for edge rushers. And I think that that's a smarter way to go. And then on the, the other thing I wanted to bring up with you was um, Joe Burrow is obviously coming back from a torn ACL and some other ligament damage. Do you, do you expect to see him as soon as the doctors clear him or do you think they're going to wait it out? No, I, I think that when he's ready to play, he's going to play. I think really? Bills have been spending. Well, why would you not? I don't understand. You signed him to play him. If he's yeah. ready and he's cleared, why wouldn't he play? That's fair. That's fair. Do you, do you mean, like what? He's your franchise like quarterback. He needs to get better. He needs reps. You're spending a lot of money in free agency. You're building a team to play with Joe Burrow. You're not building a team to play with Andy Dalton right now. That's why you sent Andy Dalton on his way. So if he is medically healthy and he's medically cleared to play, I don't know what use it would be to put him on the bench. Interesting. And then which of these, um, I know I know you're not all in on your scouting for the draft. Um, are there any quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence that stand out to you that you're like, all right, this this guy, I like him. I like I'm, what he's going to do. I'm really, really eager to see Justin Fields because I've heard some just incredible, tremendous things about him. There are also a lot of people that feel very strongly about Zach Wilson. His pro day is tomorrow, I believe. Friday is the BYU pro day. Is that right? Not I'm sure. not, I believe he's, his pro day is tomorrow. Um, 
But Mac Jones is a guy who's really been climbing in a lot of kind of mock drafts or people's minds. And again, I'll go back to last week when I was talking to Kirby Smart, the Georgia coach, and he just said he's so smart. Mac Jones is a smart, smart, smart player. So uh, I'm eager to know more about all of them. But our Bucky Brooks, NFL.com's Bucky Brooks, has said that four quarterbacks could legitimately go in the top ten. And I think that's pretty amazing. And if they do, then you're going to see a team like potentially the Patriots make a major move to dread, to get up into the top 10. What did you think of Jamie Newman at the Georgia Pro Day? Because I've been watching him. He didn't play last year. I didn't, I, didn't, um, I didn't see him. He's my favorite quarterback to go outside the first round this year based on like watching his highlights and not his poor plays. So, so I'm seeing, seeing everything. He, I, I'm very interested to see what he does because I think – he could turn some heads, especially I know in the second and third round, the kid from Texas A&M, Kellen Mond, and then Kyle Traster expected to go. Jamie Newman's definitely an eye uh, I got to keep an eye on. And then I have a question. Do you have any bold predictions for the draft? Do you think any teams might surprise us and jump into the top five, maybe to grab one of these quarterbacks you think is going to go to the top ten? You know, I think the Patriots have done so many crazy things this offseason. I mean, we just heard Robert Kraft tell Peter King that, uh, he's never put out so much capital and that he used to make fun of teams that spent a lot of money in the offseason. And yet here they are doing yeah. all of this. So maybe the Patriots continue the wildness and uh, move up in the draft. Were there and any... jump that high to go get their guy. And outside of Juju, were there any moves that kind of caught you by surprise that you really didn't see coming? Um, I think that... Uh... Sorry, I have another meeting, and so my phone is blowing up right now. Um, uh, Carl Lawson, I think, is a really tremendous edge rusher, and I was surprised that the Bengals let him go to the Jets for basically the same money that they ended up paying Trey Hendrickson. And I think Carl Lawson would have been worth keeping at that price. So, I mean, I guess that's one move. Um it's so funny. Like you talk about this so much, but then when you're suddenly put yeah. on the spot, it's almost like I wish I had a free agency tracker right here. Do you think the Ravens are concerned they haven't gotten a number one receiver yet? No. No? Interesting. I mean, there's always a draft. They've drafted a yeah. lot. I think that uh, they like Hollywood Brown. They have two young receivers from last year's draft, James Prochet and Devin DuVernay, that they certainly haven't given up on, that they believe they see a lot of potential in. I don't think that they're going to force something. Um, you know, it helps, obviously. They want yeah. to, but there are other ways to improve yeah. their passing game than just bring in a Kenny Galladay. Interesting. And then which of the first-year coaches do you expect to kind of, you see, kind of blow up or do you think is going to have the best, uh, the best rookie year? Oh, gosh. I still think that there are so many questions, but I will say this, just having spoken to him, I really like Robert Sala's energy. You know, I think he's got a real infectiousness to him. I think that uh, players will play hard for him. Coaches will coach hard for him. And uh, I'd like to see what happens there in New Jersey with him. Interesting. Yeah. And then um, and then one, one last question. Do you have any bold predictions for this upcoming season? Any kind of takeaways you can say, oh, I've, oh I told you in April. Or I told you in March. Oh, gosh. Um, that, the Browns will make the playoffs again. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know what? Again, it's like I'm telling you, Zach. It feels as if 
the season is still so far away, which is sort of what I say to fans who get all riled up about free agency. And you're just like, it's March. You have no idea what your roster is going to look like one month from now after the draft. You have no idea what your roster will look like a few months from now at the start of training camp. And you sure as heck don't know what it'll look like on September in September. So uh, it still feels a bit away. Sorry, sorry that I'm not helping. Okay. And one Browns question is kind of what your, your opinion on. I remember after a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Diana Rossini who was talking about we're going to have, what do they, she said the the cut week was going to be like something we've never seen before. And I was looking up and down all the rosters in the NFL, maybe guys that are kind of coming up that you probably aren't going to get extended or guys on high salary numbers that you think would make sense for the team to kind of either move on from or trade from or restructure. And one of the guys I noticed that I'm like, there's no way this guy stays is David Njoku. And he did. Were you surprised by that? They didn't move him? No, I think that they like him. I don't know why. And if you don't have a good trade partner, then what are you going to do? You know, so uh, they like his talent. They like what he can do. And this Browns offense hasn't even scratched the surface of everything it wants to do. I mean, just look at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I know that Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator, would like to get both of them on the field at the same time. But when you have no... Uh, OTAs and no mandatory minicamp and even training camp has all these restrictions and by the middle of the season you're practically never practicing because of COVID protocol issues. Yeah. I mean, when can you implement things like that? Yeah. So I think we'll see a lot more out of that offense too. Alright, cool. cool. Well, that That's really all the questions I really have for you. Um, how can people find you on social media, keep up with you, and also follow, uh, check out Good Morning Football on Friday? Please, yes, and it's at a Kinkabala at Twitter. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Zach. It's always a pleasure, and I appreciate your patience on this one. Absolutely, absolutely appreciate it. Love having you on.